I'm excited to speak to you this morning. I, uh, I have to be honest, I, you know, you never know what Sunday morning is going to look like, and uh, people-wise as well as just atmosphere and energy, and, and standing back there this morning, you have so blessed me already, and so thank you so much for being here, for taking time out of your day to come. So I, I love Sundays for this reason, and you've maybe heard me say it before, but um, when I come to church on a Sunday morning, I make it my goal to leave different than when I came. That's my goal every Sunday morning is that I try to take something that will cause me to walk out those doors different than when I came. So whether you're a guest with us today or not, whether you're a Christian or not, I just want to say thanks so much for coming. Thanks for being here. And and most importantly, that you're welcome here that there's a place for you. We're, we're actually in the middle of our God at Work series, and we've taken a, a couple weeks away from the series. We had uh, our guest speaker, Brian Walren, speak to us last week, and if you were here, he was just a massive blessing to us as a pastoral team uh, and even a staff this week, but I hope that it was a blessing to you as well. He has an, a powerful word, and uh, he's sharing that uh, boldly wherever he goes, and so we can keep him in prayer. And uh, even throughout this last week, as we've been uh, looking at the series and jumping back in, Pastor Peter and I have both been preparing. He's speaking in Bonacord today, and so uh, you can be thinking of him as well this morning. But we're, we're jumping back in with both feet into our series called God at Work. And, and for those of you who don't know, we're actually, as a, as a staff, we've been studying this book by Timothy Keller called Every Good Endeavor. And this isn't a shameless plug for me to try and sell the book. This is just me showing you the resource that we're using, and it is for sale if you want to buy it. <laughs> so uh, it's available if you'd like. But uh, it's a fantastic resource. It's a fantastic book. And uh, so we, we titled our series God at Work. And it, whether you've been here or not the, fa- the past few weeks, there's a lot to learn. And you can go back and listen to Pastor Greg and some of his messages, as well as Pastor Maddie, and he delivered a powerful message as well. Uh, and both of them are in Mozambique right now. But you can actually go online to tfhchurch.ca slash watch dash read. And that's the section where you can go to catch up on all our weekly messages. As a kid, I'm sure some of you would agree that we probably don't really have a, the right understanding of work, right? Like when we're children, we don't really understand that concept. And in, in fact, to be honest, my idea of, warped, uh, of work was really warped. <laughs> I, had to, I had to wake up, make my bed. These are normal things, right? But these, these are things that I had to do. Occasionally got myself a bowl of cereal if breakfast wasn't already made. Go to school. These are normal things, right? Most of us at some point in your life have, have experienced these things. But there was this magical bin in my house that I would put dirty laundry into, and the next day, there would be clean, folded laundry in my drawer. It was magical. Anyone else have that experience as a kid? Anyone? Yeah, the magic wears off. The magic wears off. And eventually, I found myself having to go down these dark stairs into this dark basement that no one ever told me existed. I'm just kidding. They did. But there was a laundry machine, right? Washer and dryer, and I had to learn how to do my laundry, right? And this is something that I don't think we really appreciate that phase of life as much as we should. I really think that that goes by so fast. It's such a good season of life. Am I right? It's a good season of life. Well, I've been walking through a, a season where I'm learning new things every single day. And I'm learning new things about things I thought I already knew. Anyone relate with me on that? Yeah. 
I realized, and you might even agree with me, that when you follow God, you are never fully finished with anything. In different seasons, like for me, between 25 and 30, I'm learning things don't stay the same as they appeared to me at 25. Shocking. I'm starting to see a trend that between 30 and 50, there will be a further big difference. Between 50 and 65, beside the senior special at Swish LA, do they, I hope they still have that. I can tell, and I'm anticipating drastic levels of growth. So from that perspective that I'm still learning, and that we're all still learning, I'm assuming that, that this morning we can agree that we're growing together, that we're all growing no matter what phase of life you're in. We're growing together. I've titled this message this morning, The Produce of Work. God is so good. He is so good. And, and I need so much more of him to do this this morning, to do everything in my life. So would you pray with me? Father, what an amazing opportunity it is to come together, to worship your name. And now we pray that you would speak that you would impact our lives in a powerful way, causing us to leave different than we came today. We pray this in your name, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Since the beginning of time, there was work. We've learned that in Genesis, we see God as a gardener. And in the New Testament, we see him as a carpenter. Work is good, and I don't mean just spiritually, but physical work Pastor Greg said this powerfully. We are actually meant to cultivate. We are meant to manage and develop through different means in order to flourish. That being said, there are some problems with work, aren't there? Like, like the idea and concept of it, something about it, at least the way we look at it, doesn't seem to fit the plans, goals, and aspirations we have of one day being free, happy, satisfied with what we've done in our lives. Freedom 55, right? I think that number goes up. It has gone up every year since I first heard it. No matter what stage of life you're in, how many of you know that work never seems to stop? Work never seems to stop. The problem with work is that at some point, all of us have accepted, maybe it's just fruitless. In the very beginning of your Bibles, which is where we'll begin this morning, Context is developed for the entirety of my message, but the entirety of our lives. So we read in Genesis 3, 16 to 19 this morning, it says this. God is speaking to the woman. He said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about what I, which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. Paradise was lost. The fall of Adam and Eve into sin is a significant moment because it reveals the condition in which we enter this world. When we're, when we're born, we enter into a sinful world. There's a disorder that we live in. It's not quite right. And, and Timothy Keller says in, in his book, the story presented in the Bible 
is that while God blessed work to be a glorious use of our gifts and his resources to prosper the world, it is now also cursed because of mankind's fall. Philosopher Al Wolters, I love how he explains it. I'm not going to put it up there because it's a little bit long, so I thought I'd just share it with you. It says this, The Bible teaches plainly that Adam and Eve's fall into sin was not just an isolated act of disobedience, but an event of catastrophic significance for creation as a whole. The effects of sin touch all of creation. No created thing is in its principle untouched by the corrosive effects of the fall. Whether we look at societal structures, structures such as the state or family, or cultural pursuits such as art or technology, or bodily functions such as sexuality or eating, or anything at all within the wide scope of creation, we discover that the good handiwork of God has been drawn into the sphere of mutiny against God. The whole creation, Paul writes, has been groaning, is subject to bondage and decay. We live in this tension because of the fall of man. Under sin, work is now in the same category as all other aspects of human life. And so as I prepared this message, to be completely honest with you, I felt a bit hopeless. What's the point? You ever been there? Anybody? What's the point of all of this? What's the produce of my work? What is all of this? What is my work actually producing? Because if we're honest, work can seem fruitless at times. No matter how hard we strive, even though there may be moments of excitement and blessing, even personal growth, opportunity, or enjoyment, work can be very difficult, strenuous, disappointing, unfulfilling, even at times physically or spiritually draining. As a matter of fact, the whole concept of work can just seem so opposite of God's plan and purpose for our lives. Where is the glory in work? How could this be part of God's plan? Work is fruitless. All of us want to be successful at what we do. Isn't that right? But even when we're not, and it's a tremendous challenge, God is still working, church. Very often, the produce, the, the, the fruit that he's bringing out in us, has more to do with our hearts and our character. The apostles, the, the followers and close friends of Jesus, were, were great sufferers. Christ had told them that in the world, they would have trouble. They would have trouble and trials, and, and they certainly did. Yet their response is unique. We are, says the apostle, troubled on every side, afflicted many ways, and we meet with almost all sorts of troubles, yet not distressed. The Passion Translation of the Bible, if you've had a chance to read it, it's fantastic. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9 says this, Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Did you catch that? At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Essentially what I got from that is this. Everything we do in life is a temporary effort to get what only God can give.
Morning prayer is such a good time of my week. I look forward to it. I've developed a need for it. And uh, when we gather, something incredible happens. God speaks through you and me in this beautiful dialogue, pushes us into a fuller understanding of who he is. It's absolutely incredible. I I encourage you to come if you ever have time in the mornings at 9 a.m. Mrs. Agri said something along the lines of this about this section of scripture. Quitting isn't necessarily only about stopping what we do but our reaction to the situations we're in. Think about that for a second. Quitting isn't necessarily only about stopping what we do, but our reactions to the situations we are in. How are you viewing the situations you're in? When it comes to our work, it's fruitless when we view it from the perspective of self. See, this is what happened in the garden. Adam and Eve, by eating the fruit didn't become godlike in that they were all powerful. Okay, they didn't become godlike in that they were all powerful or anything along those lines. They removed God from the position of authority in their life. In one act of disobedience, they introduced sin into the world because their perspective was on self. How might the Lord be dealing with you today? This month, this year? Can I just be so bold to say that we need to be better at dying to self? You have to ask yourself this question, and this is a challenging and revealing question. What do I want? Richness or fullness? What you receive is completely dependent on how you yield to God in your life. We like to make it about external things. Productive work from God's perspective has more to do with internal things, namely how we're producing his values. When you, when you die to yourself, you allow Jesus to be revealed through your humanness. The, the work you do, the toil, the struggle, the tasks, the thorns and the thistles. Turning back to scripture, 2 Corinthians 4.11 in the Passion says this, We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So what does it look like to produce God's values? What does it look like? John 15, 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Work can only be fruitful when you produce the kind of fruit that brings glory to the Father. This is the key. Some of you have been wondering, what is my purpose? What's the point of being where I'm at right now? Things are just getting good even. Now what, right? If you want real fullness... If you want real fullness, you can can absolutely receive it in a way that won't fade away. It's not temporary. But get this. You have to be willing to trade the expectations of richness in the way the world describes so that you can experience transformational fruit and life to the full. Now, I'm not talking about richness in regards to wealth. And I'm I'm certainly not saying that being wealthy or well-off is a bad thing. But I am saying that wealth won't satisfy your desire for fullness. Oftentimes, the kind of fruit we bear is the self-serving kind, self-motivated kind. But I want to challenge you that you don't know what you don't know yet. You don't know what you don't know yet. The kind of fruit God offers is the kind that transcends worldly parameters. If the goal for you is to become a disciple of God, you have to bear fruit 
you have to. We, we have to know the difference between someone who bears fruit and those that don't. You know, those that might just be a fan of Jesus and not an actual follower of Jesus. You know, the kind of people that come to church but don't participate. They raise their hands to worship but point fingers at others' imperfections. They say they want to serve but don't worship God with their lifestyle. There are people that don't know what it means to be a true disciple of God. That's fantastic. (laughs) On the other hand, I hope you're listening, Siri. There are people that know Jesus is the example. He is the way. What is done in secret in their hearts and their lives actually reflects what happens on the outside. Some of you have your fruit all on display every Sunday. Each week we we come here and it is so encouraging. I see it. It radiates off of you. You're, You're warm, you're encouraging, you're hopeful. Even amidst incredible hardship, you bear fruit and put it all out there. How many of you know that it's actually God's plan that you would be known as a disciple? We read in 2 Corinthians 4, 15 to 18, probably my new favorite section of scripture. I honestly, I just love the Bible. (laughs) I love the Bible. It uh, it gives such clarity, but I'll, I'll read it anyways. Check this out. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but the unseen realm is eternal. When people come into contact with you, when when you produce the kind of fruit God intends, people should be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. When we're fruitful, others are fed. There is nothing like being around that kind of person. It's nourishing. And God wants that for your life. If you don't feel like you're being fruitful, you're struggling, living in in limbo right now, wondering what's next, where is God, does he even care? My challenge to you is this, don't give up. It's an absolute certainty that our outer person will wear out. (laughs) We, We read in scripture that with God, our inner being can be renewed every single day. It's, it's told to us. It's declared that our outer being will wear out. It has an expiry. But our inner being, our inner being is what we need to focus on. Our inner being is where the work is being done. And that is where you can find renewal. When we view our work, the thorns and the thistles in light of eternity, we see our situations as temporary. We see them as temporary and nothing more than substance to produce the glory of God. Some of you have been wondering, maybe you have, maybe it's just normal, that you see these, these plates. I, I don't know if you can see them. These, these tables are pretty high, but I have these plates up here today. And uh, some of us are living in this place. 
we've got nothing. We've got nothing. We see nothing. We aren't bearing fruit, so there's nothing to give. Or anything that reveals God to the world. Some of us are in that place. Some of you wonder, what's the key from getting here to some fruit? The key is desire. That's it. I asked it earlier, but the question is, is what do you really want? Do you want richness or fullness? Richness, in other words, fruitlessness, that which will fade away, or real fullness, fruitfulness. Philippians 2.13 says it this way, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Desire is an incredible tool. Sometimes to get from where we we are to where we want to be is simply a desire, but the desire has to be rooted in God. It can't be rooted in self. Some of you, you still want more. This isn't enough for you. So, how do you go from some fruit to more fruit than you can imagine? This is tough. It's hard. The solution to go from plate number two to plate number three is challenging, church. You have to be pruned. You have to go through struggle. You have to grow through a season of trimming, of pruning. In order to grow, we read earlier that we we see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us eternal weighty glory, far beyond all comparison. We have to allow ourselves to be pruned. I was reading an an article about wine, and they were talking about how the best grapes that are produced are actually the ones that have to be continually trimmed back, continually pruned, pruned so that more will grow and more will grow, and those actually produce the greatest product. It's an incredible illustration to show that sometimes if we settle for just what we have, we don't realize that there's so much work to be done in order to produce something beyond measure. You're bearing some fruit, but there are things that you need to go through in order to get to what God ultimately has for you. Work is not a curse. It's not a punishment. Work is actually good. It was designed to be good and is God's redemptive plan in reconciling us from sin. He's seeing us go from some fruit to more fruit. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to go through struggle. But God's plan has been and will always be to redeem you through your situation. Work Work is all part of God's plan in seeing us come back under the rightful structure of authority that was manipulated in the garden. But also, get this, fully realize God's glory in and through our situations. Work is part of God's plan to redeem our situation in light of what happened in Genesis with Adam and Eve, removing God from the position of authority. But it's also, work is also to fully realize God's glory in and through our situations. Some of you might be feeling that um, the season you're in has been more of a punishment than a blessing. But I believe wholeheartedly that what God is saying to you today is that you are meant for more. You are so meant for more. 
wherever you are right now, there is so much more to come. You are meant to be fruitful. You are meant to be fruitful. The produce of work isn't fruitless. It's actually fruitfulness. And, and you were designed and created in spite of the thorns and thistles to bring glory to God and even to be the answer to someone else's prayer. I'll invite Lorraine up at this time if you guys want to check out the screens. Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for my family. Give us this day our daily bread. Please watch over us. Protect us. Keep us safe as we travel. Make us healthy and strong. Be with our kids today. Help them learn and grow into godly young men and women. Thank you for your word. Help us know you more every day. May we never take for granted your beauty and your creativity. And for those who are hurting, who are hungry, or lost, or helpless, bring hope. Send rescue. everything. Sin has warped our very nature, that's true, but we can cling to the promise, and, and, and Timothy Keller puts it this way, that work will be both frustrating and fulfilling, and sometimes, just often enough, human work gives us a glimpse of the beauty and genius that might have been the routine characteristic of all of our work, and what, by the grace of God, it will be again in the new heavens and new earth. Some of you need to go through the struggle because that's exactly what is going to produce more fruit in your life. There are people in my life that I have prayed for so diligently and I remain hopeful that they begin to understand that the focus 
shouldn't be on what's been done to them, but what will be done through them. Your impact, the purpose that you are meant to fulfill is only possible if you allow God to penetrate your circumstance and literally save you from yourself. I am a living testimony that if you stick with God through the hard times, it's not about what is being supplied. It becomes about how much fruit is being produced. You can actually apply this to other situations in your life as well. If you're married, do you stay through the struggle? I know it's hard. Life is hard. But we're told in Scripture, in Genesis at the very beginning, that it was going to be that way that we were destined to experience that hardship. But if you allow God to take care of your heart, he will take care of the world around you. Some of you need to hear this because God is saying, stay through this. Stay committed to this. Watch me. Watch me produce a marriage, a career, a testimony that other people can live off of, that other people can eat off of. Let me produce a fullness in you that literally changes the lives of people around you. It's about time that you recognize you were meant to feed those around you. If you're in business and, and things have been up and down, maybe you've remained faithful even amidst financial struggle or frustration, God is trying to produce much fruit in your life, but you have to lean in and press into the struggle so that you can be refined and pruned and see an overabundance of real produce in your life. Work was never meant to supply what the Holy Spirit is to provide. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruits of the Spirit, and they are just a taste of the transformative fruit that can be produced in your life. So maybe you're here this morning and, and your response to the message today is, things are good for me. I haven't really experienced this kind of hardship or trial in my life. Things, things are good. My challenge to you would be to know this. God wants you to receive the fullness that only he can supply. Not that your situation or your efforts can supply. When you follow God, you are never fully finished with anything because he will constantly have a new lesson, more fruit, more growth, more opportunity for you to see him glorified in your life. It's not over because you choose to follow him. It just begins. Your potential. God wants to see you more fruitful than you could ever imagine, but you have to begin to take a look at what you're living off of. Are you living off of the fruit of your own labor or are you believing for a fruit, a produce that will provide for every need you have in every situation you encounter? The scriptures don't say that he comes so that we will have a little. <laughs> no, it says that I come so that you will have life to the full. This past week, I couldn't stop thinking about this idea of self-awareness. Some of us need to be less self-aware. We all have a tendency to think first and foremost about ourselves. And what do I need? How will this affect my plans? Is this benefiting me? My challenge to you today is this, is that we all need to be more Christ aware so that we can look at our lives as an opportunity to see his glory revealed in and through our circumstance and situations. I love the book of James. James 1 talks about this in verse 2 to 4. This won't be on your screens, but would you stand with me this morning?
says this. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. We are being pruned and shaped to have incredible potential and to see fruit produced in every part of our beings. Church, we have an incredible God who desires each of us to know and trust him with our work, our relationships, and our situations. And just because we live in a broken world, in a fallen world, does not mean that we have to live in our brokenness. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I pray for a blessing over each and every person here this morning. I pray that each and every person would realize that they are a product of the attention and care they put toward you, Father. That where their focus is, is you will be revealed in their life and in their situations and through their circumstance, even amidst the thorns and thistles, God, that you will provide in ways beyond measure. So God, I pray for a little more struggle this week. I pray for a little more situation, God, that causes me to direct my focus to you. God, increase our capacity. Increase our ability to see all things glorify you, Father. I pray this in your name. Amen. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of our Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Have a great Sunday.